Hello, welcome to Scripts for Shredding. My name is Elliot Brotherhood, and today we are talking about a show that I wrote when I was 17 years old, another musical, actually, by the name of The Fall of Man, uh, which was quite an interesting, I guess, adaptation of certain points of the book of Genesis from <laughs> the Bible. Um, so I guess uh, I don't really have anything to, like, announce to start this episode, so I guess let's just jump right into it. So, um, a little bit of background on this show. I wrote this when I was, as I said, about 17 during my, uh, internship at First Stage Children's Theater. And, and while I was there, I kind of had this idea and I started writing it, uh, early on during that sort of year. And, and I, I kind of just dropped it midway through. This is another one that I didn't actually finish completely. Um, and I kind of dropped it uh, midway through in favor of uh, writing a different show about, you know, the second Scottish War for Independence by the name of Brawling Boisterous Scottish Wench, which, uh, you know, we'll talk about at a later date. Um, but, uh, so, th this show was super weird. It was a really weird idea, and, and it, truthfully, of, of all the shows that I've gone over in this <laughs> podcast, uh, this is probably one that I'm, like, the most happy <laughs> didn't go anywhere. Um, so the idea is kind of that it's supposed to be this sort of minimalist sort of direction style or, or, or like style of the piece is supposed to be minimalist. Uh, because that's sort of what I, I had written at various points, uh, in this script. It was, it was quite particular with, uh, uh, mentioning that it had to be minimalist is like kind of it was intended as a very ensemble uh heavy and ensemble driven piece and i think the reason for that was because this was at the age where i think i started kind of realizing that up till this point i had been writing shows that were you know almost impossible to do because of how how large scale they were and not not impossible to do but just very large scale and and kind of required certain resources that, you know, I, I, as a young guy was not really capable of accessing. Uh, so I was starting to do stuff on smaller scales and, and more ensemble driven pieces. And, uh, this is one of them. And, uh, yeah. So, so the, 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 the show, this musical, if you could even call it that, uh, covers three stories from the book of Genesis spanning from the Garden of Eden to uh, Cain and Abel to finally uh, Noah and the Ark and all that stuff. Um, it, it was very... Uh, how do I even describe it? it? It doesn't really know what tone it's going for, and I'll get more to that at the end when we talk about what I do differently, but, like, it was just very... Um, at times it's weirdly comedic and at other times it's very kind of artistic and and sort of melodramatic and and pretentious and then at other times it's like very very serious and and, and specifically when we get to Cain and Abel quite gruesome actually quite quite horrible at least from how I I I wrote it wrote it on the page so, uh, yeah, this, this is that, this is, uh, those three stories kind of compiled into one, uh, show, which is why it's kind of titled The Fall of Man, because it's about, you know, it has themes of, uh, I guess, early sin in the Bible, 
So, uh, yeah, and, and it should be said here, I'll, I'll go over this now before I actually get into the script. Some of these production notes, uh, just to get an idea of what I'm, I'm talking about when I mean it's like kind of very ensemble driven and all that and stuff. So there are three production notes here that are very particular, and it says, one, the serpent in the Garden of Eden, you know, the one that, you know, convinces Eve to eat the fruit from the Tree of Knowledge, uh, is intended to be a puppet. Which, okay, you know, I'm, I'm glad you mentioned that, because the idea of putting some dude in, in like, a snake costume is, is not, not, a very, not a very thrilling idea, so thank you for <laughs> putting that down specifically. Um, and then it says, uh, The role of God is intended to be played by three people in the first and possibly second act, but not in the third act, in which he is only played by one actor. So I guess I had... Weirdly, I guess I was trying to split all three of the stories into their own acts. But, you know, we're, we're not working with very many pages here. We're not working with a very long show, so I don't know what you mean by that. I guess, like, you know, I don't know. But I guess the idea was kind of uh, representing, in a way, like, God as, you know, the Holy Trinity or something. I don't know. Uh, even though, like, that idea wasn't really present in, you know, the book of Genesis, but... You know, I digress. And then finally, we have here, all songs slash lyrics are strictly preliminary, which is, I guess, my, my way of, uh, you know, I, I didn't have music written, but I did have lyrics written. And I guess this was my way of kind of letting myself off the hook for the terrible, terrible lyrics I had written for this show, because they are just so ridiculous. I won't go into all of them in detail, but just know they are so bad and so ridiculous and, and do not serve the narrative in, in any way, shape, or form. But, uh, you know, it was, a, it, it was an attempt to write a musical, and uh, it, it was a very bad attempt to write a musical. So, this is The Fall of Man. It was 47 pages, and the word count was 7,014. Except 47 pages, obviously, until I, you know, stopped writing. Because, again, I, I never finished this one. So, um, we, we start this show... Uh, in, in the same way that I guess, uh, the, the Bible starts, I guess it says act one <laughs> and, and there's a sim single stage direction that reads a guitar interlude. Cool. You, you really, <laughs> that gives us a lot to work with there. We, we really, <laughs> that, that really sets the stage nicely. And, uh, it says, God says, uh, on the, and, and I had three actors portraying God in this scene, but I don't write like. God one, God two, God three. It's all God. So I guess it's like, I don't know, just just divvy that up as you see fit. I don't know. Super weird that I didn't do that. It's kind of similar to the page or, or the, the, the scene numbers, which again, in this show, as I said in the last episode, this show has no scene numbers, which is just weird. Um, But this, this uh, first line is taken, I guess, directly from the Bible where it says, on the sixth day after God had separated the light and dark, the sea... Well, it's not taken directly from the Bible, actually. It's, it's, it's summarizing, you know, God creating the earth, where it says, on the sixth day after God had separated the light and the dark, the sea and the sky and the land from the sea, after he brought forth vegetation and animals that trod upon four legs, God saw that it was good, but not yet complete. God said, and everyone, all of us on stage, just says all, says, let us make a man in our image. Oh, I guess that's all three of the people portraying God. But still, just... Ugh. Wow, it's it, this is such, like, ugh, theater... Like, theater-making... Uh, so uh, avant-garde, you know? 
Uh, and, and, you know, <laughs> basically this scene starts with God creating, or th th this scene happens and God creates man, Adam, who sits up and there's this kind of odd exchange between God and Adam. And it's like weirdly comedic where, where, where God says a bunch of stuff that Adam doesn't really get. And Adam says, where am I? You know, <laughs> as I'm sure, uh, it was, you know, it intended in the origin, like in the biblical story. And, you know, if... You know, if you could say, like, as it was intended in this story, you know, Adam speaks, you know, full-on English, just instantly, right out the chute, speaking English. Adam says, where am I? And God says, Eden. And Adam says, what's Eden? And God says, a garden. Adam says, what's a garden? And God says, it is yours. And Adam says, mine. Who am I? And God says, you're mine. Oh, what? Oh, I mean, I get what you're saying, but like, it's just, it's a very, you know, melodramatic conversation. This one is so bad with that kind of stuff, too. This is the worst. Um, and it should be said, you know, this show was also written around the same time as I was working on. It was written a while after I had written Brother Mine. But, uh, you know, it's that same kind of idea of, oh, that's heightened language, you know. And Adam says... Who are you? And God says, I am yours. Wow. Uh, and, you know, it's it's sort of a... It's a very... Just... Oh, this conversation is so bad. And Adam gets confused because he's like, you're, I, there's not a lot to work with with these answers you're giving me. He doesn't say that, but he basically does. Um, and Adam says, you know, what, what do I call you? And God says, all that is. I am a pan. I am Yahweh. Adam says, what do I call you? And it says God, and there's a, a parenthetical informing, in, informing this line that says, slightly irritated. And he says, call me God. Call me God. Oh, like you're getting irritated? Like the dude just woke up. You just breathed life into this man. <laughs> and he's, he's just a little bit confused and you're getting irritated with him. I'm like a couple sentences into his first conversation ever. Like give the, give the guy a break. He's he's not he's not working with a full deck here, and he's speaking full on English right out the shoot. I think he's I think he's doing pretty well, all things considered. And Adam just responds to this with when he this irritated like call me God. He just says, "Oh, oh okay, okay, <laughs> sorry, I didn't mean to upset you." Uh, and and God basically explains, "You you are are here to govern all of this garden, the Garden of Eden." And they sing this song, this song called Given Unto You. Now, the funny thing about this show, I should also say, I actually think I started writing this. Like, I actually literally started writing this at my cousin Aaron's wedding. Like, during the reception. I was sitting there, like, with a very small notebook writing this stuff into a notebook. And that's kind of when I started this show. I don't know why I felt compelled to do that at his wedding. But I did, which was kind of weird that I that I was doing that, you know, being antisocial while everyone else was kind of, hey, happy, happy day of marriage, Aaron. <laughs> I was writing this show while that was happening. Super weird. But uh, so they sing this song where God basically explains all of the things that uh, Adam must do to take care of the garden and um 
all of the things that God gives to Adam for the garden. And I won't read all the lyrics, but I'll go over some of them. There is no music written for this. I was just writing freaking lyrics down. Where He, he says, uh, this chorus here, the first chorus, God just says, I give you trees, I give you water, and you must care for it all, never falter. I give you plants bearing fruit that will bring sustenance as food. These are the things that I offer unto you. That's a weird line. I give you plants bearing fruit that will give sustenance as food. Why not just... Oh, well, because they, they finish the rhyme by saying, these are the things that I offer unto you. And that's kind of the idea of the song. You know, hey, these are the things I'm giving you. Um, And, you know, he's he's telling Adam all these things he needs to do. And later, the, the first verse, he says, You are the holder of this land. You are the Lord. You are the man. All the fish and birds and cattle look to you. It's power given, it's power given you from me, but you have responsibilities. To keep the balance, you must be strong and true. Huh. <laughs> I, I I haven't looked at these lyrics in a, a long time. These are not nearly as bad as they get. And I won't go into these in super, super great detail, but it's just, there was an attempt and not all the rhymes are bad, I guess, but it's just, it's it's confusing because it's such specific and, and very quick, uh, uh, I guess, click, quick pace in terms of how the the sentence reads and that I think might be hard to it's a, I I would assume the song would have to be pretty I guess if I I don't really remember what melody I had in my head when I was writing this I did have one but it was going to have it was it must have been something pretty quick cuz these are these are kind kind of complicated sentences and you know he goes more into uh uh, all that, and then there's a bridge, and, and I did write out like, oh, this is the chorus, verse, cor chorus, bridge, and the bridge goes, gifts, gifts abound, I give them all to you, let your care reach a peak so profound, and I promise that my love will grow quite similarly too, and then we go into another chorus, uh, I give you heat and cold and rain and dark and light, and I shall teach you how to use it just and right, your work will benefit the, oh, your work will benefit the whole system of life, so I guess, as I'm thinking, I give you heat and cold and rain and dark and light. So I guess, what was the first core or the first first chorus? Yeah, I give you trees. I give you water. So he's that's weird. I give you trees. I give you water, and you must care for it all. Never falter. The, 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 and wow, yeah. And then and then uh, you know it's the same thing in this second chorus. I give you wind. I give you fire, and your duty to it all must never tire. But then in this one, it's. I give you heat and cold and rain and dark and light. Like we gotta even make it even faster. And and you know, and I shall teach you how to use it just and right. Your work will benefit the whole system of life. I guess that could work. There's just one way that I would ask you to requite. And then it says the music grows darker. And God says or sings, I suppose. Of course, the point of my proposal is that it's all at your disposal. The tree of life the wow. The tree of life's sweet fruit is yours, my friend. That's a pretty good you know for having not really ever worked with writing lyrics before, that line, of course the point of my proposal is that it's all at your disposal. That's a good rhyme. That works, I guess. Uh, and he says, the tree of life's sweet fruits are yours, my friend. But the tree within the center is a place you mustn't enter, for these apples' rotten cores would bring your end. It says, as if seeing the future anguish, pain, thousands cry, temptation, siren, voices sweet, but listen, you will die. That's a pretty good lyric, too. What the hell? Anguish, pain, yeah, temptations, anguish, pain, thousands cry, temptation, siren, voices, sweet, but listen, colon, you will die. That's all right. That's pretty good. Not bad. 
this first song is not that bad, I guess. I, I hadn't really even really registered these as I was reading them yesterday preparing for this. But I guess that's not all that bad. Um, So yeah, there's that song. I, I explained that in more detail than I, I, I wanted to. But they have that song, and Adam is kind of like, huh. And, and then after that song, Adam inquires about uh, the Tree of Knowledge. And and we see here, as, as God is saying, God kind of dodges the question. He's like, hey... Uh, you know, if it, Adam says, you know, if the tree of life lets me live forever, what does the tree of knowledge do? And and God kind of dodges the question. He says, don't don't worry about it. And then we see there's a, a stage direction. The serpent slithers out from one of the branches of the tree. <clears throat> and, and and here's another weird thing. So God says, the fruit from that tree will grant you eternal life. It is the gift that I created for, uh, for you. Uh, and, and Adam says, but if you created the garden, then why create a tree that I can't eat from? And God says, I didn't create the tree of knowledge of good and evil. Uh, yeah, like that's weird. I didn't create the tree. He didn't? Is that, does that check out biblically? Or did I just add that for the sake of like, huh? <laughs> uh, and then Adam asks, you know, what is good and evil? God doesn't respond. He says nothing you need concern yourself with, which, you know, Interesting, because, you know, that's not something that the Bible... This makes it seem like God is intentionally trying to leave Adam in the dark. Not for, for the sake of his own benefit, but kind of because he's just trying to, like... This almost makes it seem like the argument that the serpent makes in the Bible of, you know, why is... God, God wants to be above you guys. Like, he he's he has knowledge and, and he's above you. Don't you want to be like God? Like, that almost kind of makes it seem like God is... It's almost characterizing God as being selfish like that, which is weird. Uh, you know, not the way the Bible <laughs> depicts God. But, uh, you know. And then uh, Adam is kind of like, okay, what do I need to do to start maintaining the garden? And God says, you should name all the animals. And then we have a very, very concerning stage direction. Where it says, God says, you can start by naming the animals. And everyone on stage says, and so he did. And the ensemble, it says in this stage direction, the ensemble becomes all the animals in the garden. Adam is clearly overwhelmed. So suddenly all these people on stage just start acting like animals. Oh no. Oh dear. I mean, like, not, not, I, that's not terrible, I guess. But like, ugh. It's so like, I'm a theater maker. You know, like, it's just, ugh. Uh, so... Adam has this weird moment where he kind of starts talking to one of the animals where he goes up, he goes up to one of the animals and he says, hello. And there's a stage direction that reads, the animal doesn't respond because it's an animal. <laughs> what? <laughs> like we have this weird moment where Adam thinks he can like talk to an animal, which I guess is not unfair if I was the first man and I just woke up one day as a full grown man. <laughs> there were all these animals around and I was like the first dude on the planet I guess I would walk up to an animal and be like, "Hello, how are you? Uh, uh, could you tell Could you tell me about this place a little bit?" Uh, <laughs> the animal doesn't respond because it's an animal. That's so dumb, and that's so something that I would write at the time. I would still write something like that. Silly. And Adam says, "Did you hear me?" <laughs> like he th he thinks he's gonna have like a like a I don't know a conversation with like an alpaca or something. D did you hear me? <laughs> Hello. It's rather rude of you not to respond. Uh, 
And then uh, it says God strikes Adam with inspiration and music starts. And suddenly there, there's the other, another song where uh, it's called Naming the Animals, where Adam just starts naming animals left and right. It's super easy for him. And the idea is that God is kind of compelling him to, to come up with the names. And also this was inspired heavily by a thing from my childhood, actually. There was this... A uh, series of cartoons by Hanna Barbera, for who, for those of you who don't know, were the same guys who made uh, the Flintstones and um, Scooby Doo. I think I'm pretty sure it was Scooby Doo. Yeah, and and they made these uh, uh, these cartoon versions of stories of the Bible. It was called Hanna Barbera's Stories of the Bible, and uh, in that cartoon. And, and it should, you know, obviously all these cartoons are, like, so goofy because, you know, they're, they're depicting all these characters who are in, like, you know, the the we're in the Middle East for all these stories. And all these characters are, of course, you know, <laughs> brown-haired, blue-eyed white people. And it's so, it, it's so goofy because, yeah. But uh, <laughs> the, in that show, <laughs> Adam is naming the animals and he's just going around. And it's not established that, like, God is giving him the ideas for the names. He's just going around, looking around the garden, and he's like, hmm, okay, you're you you're you're a fox, you're a rabbit, you're uh you're a you're a deer. And then he like he goes underwater and he looks at fish and he's like, oh, you know, I think that's a smallmouth bass, a, a largemouth bass and a, a rainbow trout. Like he's just coming up with names on the spot as soon as he sees them. So I guess this song was kind of a play on that and kind of that idea of it being goofy. And it's so bad lyrically. Where he's just saying, he's literally, the entire song is just like, that's, he says like, that's a deer, that's a rat, that's a, that's a frog, <laughs> basically. And I found dumb little rhymes, easy, easy, low-hanging fruit rhymes for these things. Uh, <laughs> and it's just a terrible, terrible song. Uh, uh, and, you know, then we, we see Adam gets introduced to the serpent midway through the song, where as he's naming the animals... Uh, he stops and he says, hey, I'll call you a serpent. And it says the music stops. The serpent stares at Adam. After a moment, he nods slowly and then turns and then slithers away. Huh. Weird. Like, and I get it. We're establishing the serpent is basically the devil. You know, it's it's Satan. <laughs> so I guess, you know, it's he's, we're showing him as being kind of, ooh, he's slither, a slithery snake, literally. Uh, and, you know, he, he names all the animals and then... Uh, after he's done, he Adam inquires with God, you know, why why do all of the animals have pairs except me? There there are two there there are two of every animal. Why why is there only one of me? And uh God realizes it says there's a line here that says God realized that he had missed something. So he cast a deep sleep upon Adam. Like he he just was like, Oh dang, I forgot to do that. Like God can do that? Is that the idea? It's, it's just very, one of the weird things about this show is how, how very human and flawed God is portrayed as. <laughs> like, it's, it's a very odd portrayal of, of, you know, the omniscient ruler of the universe. <laughs> so it's just weird. And we'll see, we'll see more of that as we go. So he, he casts God into, or God casts Adam into a deep sleep. It says, while the man slept, God took one of his ribs, and from the rib, God created a suitable companion for Adam. And and there's a stage direction that just says, Eve is created. Just one and done, Eve is created. <laughs> Good job. Let's, let's Honest day's work, let's go home. Uh, and then we have this song, which was called The Perfect Creature. 
the perfect creature. It says God says some um, God talks about uh how he makes uh <laughs> makes the I don't know the perfect creature or something like a suitable uh, uh, companion for Adam. These lyrics are very bland and dumb. I won't really go over them, but uh, he says something. Uh, there's one really weird rhyme here. Uh, she do- He says at the end of this song, she does that which no man can, the perfect creature, the woman. <laughs> I mean, it kind of works, but it's like, the woman. <laughs> why Why would you write? That doesn't really rhyme. Can woman. Like, you, you really tend to say woman. <laughs> woman. <laughs> That's so stupid. That's so goofy. <laughs> I totally didn't even see that when I was reading this. <laughs> That's so dumb. She does that which no man can. The perfect creature. The woman. <laughs> That's so funny. I don't know why that's so funny to me, but that's so stupid. <laughs> okay. All right. I gotta move on. <laughs> okay. Uh, and then uh, Adam wakes up and says, who are you? And Eve says, I'm here to help you. And Adam says, you look like me, dot, 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 but different. Ugh. And Eve and Adam sing a bit, and, uh, and that's, uh, yeah, they basically just said, hey, uh, I am yours, you are mine, you are part of me. That's the last lyric, and that kind of sums up what they sing. Uh, and then God kind of just says, hey, I'm gonna watch you guys from above, uh, <laughs> I'm out, see you later. <laughs> uh, uh, honest day's work, and I'm, I'm leaving now. I've put enough effort into this, I guess, uh. And Adam just says, "He, uh, the, the, it is her you shall cling to, Adam. Uh, and uh, something he says something from the Bible. He says, It is for this reason that man shall leave his father and mother and be united to his wife, and they will become one flesh. The man and woman were naked. And then everyone says, But they felt no shame. Another just, ugh, these, these group lines just make you want to die. Uh, and then Adam kind of... <laughs> in a weird scene, re-explains all the rules of the Garden of Eden to, to Eve, which is, I guess, fair. It's kind of like what happens in the Bible. But it's just a lot of... It's a lot. It's like two pages of this. And and <laughs> we have a very interesting uh, uh, thing where, <laughs> again, it's like a weirdly comedic conversation. And... and uh, <laughs> where, where Eve... Adam's kind of explaining, like, what they do, and, uh, you know... Eve says, do you clean the animals? And Adam says, I tried to once. I learned very quickly they don't like that. <laughs> like, ugh, it's so funny. And then Eve says, so what exactly do you do? And Adam's like, well, I, well, uh, and he can't really think of anything. And God says, uh, just tell her you supervise. He just says, supervise. And Adam says, oh, I supervise. <laughs> I, I make sure everything's okay. And Eve says, oh, what do I do? And then we have, <laughs> Adam says a kind of, I, I guess, I, I, very problematic line by today's standards, um, where he says, you create children. <laughs> That's what you do, Eve. You create children and raise them. <laughs> and God says that, yeah, she creates children. And Adam says, you create children. <laughs> and God says, and she raises them. <laughs> and Adam says, and you raise them. Like, like that, that is your job. That is what women do. Which, I mean, I guess, I'm sure, but... Uh, 
and I mean, you know, it's the Bible. Like, it's not, like, obviously, it's not the same. I'm not going to, like, defend my, <laughs> myself for this because I'm taking it for the Bible. So it's not, it's not me. Uh, that's not how I would not have put this conversation in here because it's kind of like, it's also, it's the conversation is redundant. It doesn't need to be here. We're just re-explaining all the rules. Uh, and you know, Eva's kind of like that, that doesn't seem fair at all, you know? <laughs> and, and Adam's like, eh, I'll help you. Uh, and Eve says, I hope so. It doesn't seem like you do much else. Uh, and, and, you know, obviously the whole reason that Adam is re-explaining all these things is because we have to get to the point where Eve inquires about the tree of knowledge. Um, which is funny because it's like, we don't need to have some conversation. We don't need to be like, we don't need to have a, a conversation that ramps up to that. She can just ask, but you know, that's ridiculous. Uh, and, and, you know, Adam explains, you know, if we eat the tree of the fruit of the tree of knowledge, we die. Uh, we lose all of this. It's gone forever. Um, and, uh, you know, Eve is kind of curious about it. She says, you know, why is it called the tree of knowledge? Will it not grant us knowledge? And Adam says, I don't know. And Eve says, you know, you're not the slightest bit curious. And Adam says, I, I don't think about it. I was told not to go there. Um, so Eve kind of approaches the tree as Adam leaves to, he says, I'm going to prepare some food for supper. Like, oh, okay, I'm, I'm going to go make us some sirloin steaks for dinner, babe. <laughs> I'll be, I'll, I'll see you later. And he leaves. And Eve is at the tree, which, you know... On Adam's part, this girl just got here. She doesn't really know the rules, and you're going to leave her at the one place you were said not to, you, you were told not to go. You're really just going to leave her there, and and then be surprised later when when something bad happens. Like okay, um, and and uh, as Eve is looking at the tree, the serpent emerges from the tree, and says, he starts kind of convincing her to eat the fruit. And Eve is confused, you know, that the serpent can talk. And, and you know, they have this conversation where, where um, Eve is kind of being manipulated by the serpent. Or not manipulated, really, what, what he does. Based on the, the, the characterization of God that we've seen up to this point, he kind of just tells the truth, really. He's kind of like, you know, if, if God wants you guys to take proper care of the garden, wouldn't you require the same amount of knowledge that he does? Like, God is clearly... God is clearly, there's clearly something that God is, is hiding from you if he doesn't want you to have the knowledge to see things the way he does. It's, it's, it's too easy, I think, for even Adam to just take the serpent's side, given the way that God is characterized as kind of being very, very human and flawed, which is the big problem. God is, God is flawed in this play, which is, you know, in, in all Christian teaching in the bible that's not how it's ever characterized and you know uh so so you know the serpent starts saying oh you can touch the fruit like no one said you can touch it uh uh and they have this conversation about it and hey you should try a bite you should try a bite and she's like no no i don't want to uh and and then the serpent sings a song called the serpent's song where he's basically doing the same thing that he did in the conversation where it's kind of like he's just convincing eve to eat the fruit uh, really all of the dialogue leading up to this song doesn't need to be here. You could just do the song. Uh, have Eve and the serpent introduce themselves to each other and, and the serpent sings the song. Why does there need to be... This song is redundant with all the dialogue leading up to here because there are a couple pages of dialogue. There are like three or four pages of dialogue leading up to this song. Um, And uh, basically after this song, uh, Eve 
concedes. She's like, sure, I'll try the fruit. Who cares? And uh, she eats the fruit and suddenly is kind of uh, confused about where she's what, what's going on. She suddenly realizes that she's naked and she feels uncomfortable and vulnerable. Uh, and, you know, she doesn't really like that feeling. She feels like she's kind of made a mistake somehow. Uh, and the serp- But the serpent's like, hey... Uh, don't don't worry about it. Don't worry that you're you're feeling bad about things or that you feel vulnerable. That is a gift. You know, you can do things to prevent that feeling. That's it is a gift to be aware of that, to have that awareness. A gift that you should share with Adam. And so Eve, even though she she is feeling quite a good deal of remorse for eating the fruit, she takes it to Adam and is like, Hey, you should try this fruit. And Adam takes a bite. And it's like, oh hey, that's delicious. As though like and, and it's funny because in a minute, he, he says that, and then down a couple pages, like, when he starts to feel the effects, and he's like, wait a minute, I feel weird, I feel vulnerable, I'm naked, what's going on? Uh, <laughs> Adam says, Adam says to her, Eve, what fruit is that? Where did you get it? And Eve says, it's just an apple. And Adam says, I've never seen an apple like that. And Eve, is, Eve says, you haven't seen every fruit in the garden. And Adam says... Actually, I have. I've tended to every tree, seen every fruit except that one. And it's like, okay, so... So then why'd you eat it? Because if you're if you know all the fruits, then you, by process of elimination, you should be able to, to 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 say to yourself, that's the one that I haven't eaten. That must be from the tree that I I I have seen <laughs> during all my time here, but never gone like never eaten the fruit from. So what do you <laughs> you, you she brought the fruit to him said, hey, you should try this. And he says, oh, I've never seen this before. And eats it. And it's like, oh, that's really good. And then later he's like, wait a minute. That's the fruit that I was like, <laughs> that's the one fruit. Like, you, what is, what do you mean? You didn't, you didn't notice that? You just ate it absentmindedly and just didn't, that's weird. Um, and Adam gets very upset. He's like, no, why would you do this? You ruined everything. Oh my gosh. Uh, and then, uh, uh, after that, God comes down and is very upset. He's very pissed. He confront he confronts um and you know Adam is also pissed at Eve. Everyone's pissed at Eve because Eve did this. Uh, and it says a weird thing as God comes down. It says thunder and lightning. Adam and Eve hide. The garden grows dark. Flashlights flood the stage as God looks for the two of them. Which sure, all right, like it's a creative decision, but like, huh. And, and and then God says, Adam, Eve, where are you? Show yourselves. And God says, uh, or Adam says, ah, I'm right here. I was hiding because I was, we, and you know, the com- same conversation as in the Bible. Uh, we were ashamed because we were naked. You know, and I'm, I, I shouldn't say like, oh, same conversation, like assuming that everyone who listens to this has read the, the story of Genesis from the Bible, but uh, or the book of Genesis. Uh, and, you know, then God is like, did you guys eat the fruit, the one fruit I told you not to? And Adam says, you know, the same way that it goes in Genesis. Well, it's E's fault. She gave it to me. Why? It's not my fault. I was, I wasn't thinking. Uh, you know, she, she brought me a fruit and I trusted her blindly, even though I knew it was the one fruit I hadn't eaten in the garden. <laughs> Give me a break. And then uh, uh, Eve says, "Well, no, the serpent told me to eat it. He tricked me." And and God pull, pulls the serpent on stage and sings a song, where he curses the Garden of Eden and the snake. Because I think that's the thing in the... Because, yeah, he says it in this song, and this was in the Bible as well. Um, he says he says uh, that the, the serpent... 
yeah, it says so. So it says that he 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 curses the serpent to to slide on his belly, which which basically is is the same thing that happens in the Bible, alluding to the fact that the certain hat the serpent had arms and legs, before, not like in this like in in that it was kind of like a lizard, not like he was like Mushu from from Mulan. But I I I if this show had ever been done, I I absolutely would just get the crap like like the crappiest Mushu puppet I could find. <laughs> just use that as the serpent that would be so funny <laughs> but anyway the the song is dumb the lyrics are are nonsensical um and uh god casts adam and eve out of the garden of eden and uh he casts down a flaming sword before the the you know entrance to the garden a la the bible and uh adam and eve leave and as they're leaving the, the garden uh they they take one last look at the serpent who is on the other side of the sword, still still in the garden. Even though we've established like the serpent tricked Eve, the reason that this happened is because Eve, who is literally one day old, a one day old woman, got tricked by this snake who is clearly a problem, clearly evil, and that dude gets to stay in the garden. Like I guess that it's never said in the Bible that he doesn't. Like he's pulled out but like why does why does that how it works why why does he get to stay uh and you know then the serpent turns and slithers away and this i guess uh story the story of eden and i guess end of act one if we're doing it if we're saying that each story is an act um this this story ends with as they're leaving eve realizing that she is pregnant with cain and then uh, uh, we start the second story, and and it's there in the wilderness, uh, and Adam is with his son Abel, who just caught a squirrel, and uh, they have a conversation about how uh, you know we, we obviously we fast forwarded a couple <laughs> a couple years, not because you know now they have two children, um, and they have this conversation. Adam and Abel, where uh, Adam basically says, hey, be gentle with the squirrel, even though you killed it, we need to respect the squirrel. And, uh, uh, you know, we we're establishing, hey, we're, we're in the wilderness and we're, we have to fend for ourselves now. And uh, so then Eve comes on and, and they, they're talking about Cain. And Adam says, you know, Cain better be back soon. I told him to harvest uh, the crops for supper a while ago, and he's not here. Uh, Eve, and, and we kind of established that Cain is kind of a... He, he has trouble obeying, and that he, he doesn't really pull his weight. Um, and uh, Abel then asks Adam, you know, why... why uh, I've caught this squirrel, but why are you saying we need to respect the animals we hunt? We eat them. That's not very respectful, is it? It's like, oh, is that a... Why are you saying that? Is that like a... Are we kind of... It sounds like he's... It's a it's a argument for, I don't know, vegetarianism or something that we, we, you know, in a weird way, Adam then comes in and says, no, you're right, haha, that's not very respectful, is it? Uh, but uh, everything, you know, contributes to the system of life and, you know, us being at the top of the food chain... We're the top dog, so it's okay for us to kill things because they sustain us. And it's like, wow, <laughs> checkmate veganism. We th th there's your there's your your counter argument, I guess. Uh, and then Cain enters, and he did not bring the crops that he was requested to harvest because he saw a deer. 
uh, and he thought he could catch it, but he didn't catch it. So instead of going and grabbing the crops, he just comes home empty-handed, and and now the whole family won't get to eat, except you know they'll all share, I guess, Abel's squirrel. Um, and uh, you know, Adam and Eve are very upset with him. Like, hey, you need to listen more. And uh, Adam says, your your portion of food is being distributed among the three of us. You're not eating tonight. And, uh, you know, he, he says, I don't want to hear it about you trying to help. Uh, you've been, this has been a problem for a while. You, you can't do this. You're, 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 you're causing problems. And then Kane sings a song that I didn't write lyrics for called only almost helpful where he's sad. And this is one of like six songs that Kane sings about being sad or something or, or about how everyone hates him. Uh, and, you know, God says, you know, hey, uh, the years went on, the two brothers grew older, Cain and Abel uh, were w would start to tend to flocks of sheep, and Adam says, Abel provided the firstlings of his flock, uh, along with their fat portions, and uh, the Lord had regard for Abel and his offerings, uh, but Cain... And his are, and, but for Cain and his offerings, the Lord had no regard. So basically, we're saying Abel, Abel had better sheep, so uh, God thought he was cooler, <laughs> which is what the Bible says, I guess. But, you know, it's the idea of, you know, Cain was not a very good guy, so he was not very good at... And again, it's, it's very, I think, mischaracterizing what the actual story was, because it kind of, again, it makes God just kind of seem like a jerk. Like, oh, because, because of, uh, because Abel's flock uh yielded hearty fat sheep he's cooler god likes him more like that's not something that either of them can really control to the best of my knowledge uh and uh you know it says cain starts getting angrier and angrier and and we see here a conversation where cain speaks directly to god like as though god is just kind of here and and cain is all these people are able to just talk to him directly which is something that is in the Bible, but I think that it's it's weird. Like, like is God just sitting on a cloud, <laughs> kind of like twenty feet above these people at all times? Like, hey, hey, you should try harder at a, 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 a providing flocks for the family <laughs> to eat. But uh, then you know the, he argues with God. He's so tired of the way that Abel is. Is uh, everyone likes Abel more than me all the time? Ah, I hate it. And he sings another sad song about it. Uh. And uh, then after this conversation and after this song, something, I guess, like snaps in Cain. And Cain goes and finds Abel. And Cain, kinda ha Cain and Abel have this weird conversation where it's very awkward because Cain is very upset, but he doesn't really know what he's planning to do about it. And he, he wants to do something about Abel, but he hasn't really decided what that is yet. And they have this conversation. Uh... And as it says, Cain continues watching Abel for a moment. He's not exactly sure what he's planning to do. Cain crosses downstage, away from Abel. On the ground nearby, he suddenly sees a snake. The snake says nothing. It just stares at him for a moment. Cain looks at it as though it's communicating something directly to his mind. He, no he nods slowly, then the snake slithers away. Cain goes back to Abel. So I guess the idea is that the snake represents, you know, you know, sin and wickedness and doing something bad. Uh... So, I, which, you know, it's cool that we have that through line of snakes being that kind of physical representation of that. And every time someone does something bad or, or that something bad is about to happen, it shows up. Cool idea. Um, but, you know, th th then we have this scene here uh, where Cain says, Abel, I have something I want to show you. I have a surprise. 
And, and Abel's like, hey, really? That's really cool. That's really nice of you. That's so sweet. And they sing a song together where, where Abel basically tells Cain, you know what? I think you're really nice, Cain. Everybody is kind of saying that you need to try a little bit harder. I think that you're doing your best and you're a really good person. And he just really drives the point home that he loves Cain and that he's a good person. Uh, and then after this song, we have further dialogue of Abel um, saying, like, just really laying the point on thick that <laughs> Cain is just a really good person. He says, you know something, Cain? This is a really wonderful thing of you to do. I know how hard it is for you, and with all the problems you've had with the crops and the pressure you feel from mother and father and everything, I just, it's good to know that despite all that, you haven't lost your kind and caring nature. You're still a good person, Cain, a very good person. <laughs> Cain is here like and then we see the, the the stage direction reads while Abel is speaking the snake enters wraps itself around a rock and stares at Cain <laughs> and Cain says and it says Cain watches it do so and then picks up the rock and hides it from Abel <laughs> and and uh uh you know we're we're we're, we're Cain and sings another song he sings the reprise of this a reprise of the song that uh adam and eve sang together when they were introduced to each other a song that was called blood of my blood where abel just again lays the point on thick i love you or abel is saying laying the point on thick that i i, I love you cain you are such a wonderful person i trust you wholly and completely you would never do anything to hurt me you are such a wonderful brother and then it says abel turns his back to cain looking for the surprise <laughs> like just looking out to the field huh like what is it a new tesla like what's going on what, what did you get me like this I, I can't wait for the surprise and uh it says kane hesitates for a moment almost as though he rethinks his plan and then this is a moment that is a super crazy shift from anything we've seen in this show where we have these moments where the show is very melodramatic and then we have these moments where it's kind of like not taking itself seriously like the actors are pretending to be the the animals in the garden of eden or and, and um like we have these comedic conversations where eve is kind of like y you don't do much around here like it seems like my job is to pick up all your slack and blah blah, blah. and we have these comedic conversations and god you know getting irritated cuz adam asks simple questions out of nowhere we have here an incredibly gruesome scene just an awful scene and you know it, it's Cain and Abel so you know that's a thing but out of nowhere it's so this is such a specific like thing that I've written for how this scene should go down and it goes like this it says Cain kicks Abel to the ground beating him and kicking him while he's down he pins Abel down lifts the rock above his head and bashes Abel's head with it multiple times, finally silencing his pleas for life. Like, damn, that just came out of nowhere. That's, that, that's horribly graphic. <laughs> Him kicking his brother down and, no, oh, please, Cain, don't hurt me. What are you doing? Why are you doing this? Ah, and then killing him and silencing him. Horrifying. And then, uh, you know, during the killing an instrumental reprise of the serpent song occurs, Abel lies on the ground lifelessly. The snake slithers up to his leg, across his chest, and onto his neck, where he stops to stare at Cain. The snake nods slowly, then slithers away. And, you know, I, I will say, <laughs> very graphic uh, 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 situation 
<laughs> that I've described. But uh, it's cool that the snake is kind of being that. Uh, that, that it's. I'm not sure that I would like have it be like slithers up his leg and onto his chest and all that. Like that's weird that I was that specific about it. But like the idea that the snake is is kind of kind of shows the idea that the snake shows up for these moments that are are these moments where someone does something bad. It's kind of a cool through line. And then God uh uh God approaches Cain and he says, "Where where's Abel? Where where's your brother? Did you what, what, I thought you said you had a surprise for him. What did, did you give him a surprise? Like God like doesn't know what's going on." Uh and and Cain says, "You know, obviously the line from the Bible. I don't know where he is. Am I my brother's keeper?" And God goes, what have you done? Uh, I got you. I was just playing dumb. I'm God. I know what happened. You killed him. And Cain's like, I don't know what you're talking about. What do you, what do you mean, God? <laughs> you don't know what you're talking about. Uh, and uh, God is like, you've done an evil thing. I, I know what you did. Uh, and Cain is like, I did what I had to. I did what I absolutely had to. Abel was a wonderful boy who loved me very much and believed in me even when it felt like no one else did, so naturally I had to kill him. Uh, <laughs> and God says, you know, you're no son of mine, Cain. You are cursed. Uh, and and uh, God curses Cain to be a fugitive and wander the earth for the rest of his life. And he ha he says, you will have a mark uh, that shall make you make it known that you are... Uh, you shall bear a mark on your forehead or something that shall make it known that everyone to everyone that you are you are a wicked person and that you should be targeted or something um and uh Cain sings yet another song about how everyone hates me I'm so sad and angry and Adam and Eve come on and says hey Cain what happened and Cain doesn't respond Eve says where's Abel and there's no response and Adam says Cain answer your mother where is Abel and Adam says where's my son and and Eve sees the stone and Eve realizes that Cain killed Abel and breaks down. And uh, so does Adam. And and uh, they both, Adam and Eve, tell Cain to leave. And that's the end of, of that story. And Cain runs away. And that's the end. Um, so then we go into the final story of this show, uh, which is Noah. And uh, it's hundreds of years later. Uh the population of the earth has has profoundly increased and um it says that Cain's evil act spidered across the tribes of the world like a crack turning the people wicked and there's a song where where everyone kind of sings about hey hey we're evil bah! and it says they dance drink and go about sinful acts which um is interesting that that you know we're kind of lumping dancing and drinking in there i don't think i did that with the intention of it of of making it seem like dancing and drinking are a sin. I, but I think that the way that that sentence is structured, they dance, sing, and go about sinful, sinful acts. That makes it seem like those two are kind of lumped in there. <laughs> Which, you know, is not not true. Um, and they sing this song about, yeah, we're evil, we, we do terrible things like dance, you know? Uh, and, and uh, you know, it's, it's a small group, a family pushes through the crowd, and it's it's Noah. And weirdly, Noah comes out and says, is everyone here? We didn't lose anyone, did we? You know, they're, they're making their way through um, uh, the city or something where people are being evil. <laughs> and his wife says, roll call. Like, roll call? That's a word that you're using? Uh, and, you know, they go down the list of all their, their 
the, the sons and the wives, Ham, Shem, Japheth, Japheth and uh, their wives, Sarah, Nora, and Sarek, Sarek? I don't know how to pronounce that. Um, and God comes on and says, you know, Noah and his family were the only righteous ones left on earth. Uh, and, and at this point, I guess, and, and we have this thing where the crowd pushes God off stage, representing that, that, you know, the people have lost sight of God or something. And now God is not three people, he is one, which is, I guess, representing, um, I guess, representing the fact that since the world has lost sight of God, he's weaker or something. If that's, if that's how that works, not really, but like the, the idea that the presence of God is weaker. Um, and, you know, Adam, or, or not Adam, uh, Noah and his sons talk, uh, Ham, Sham, and Japheth, uh, basically talk about how, uh, the people are awful, the, the, the world is wicked, Blah! and, uh, it's, it's, uh, <laughs> then the sons start talking about all these people are wicked. You know what we should do? We should just kill them. <laughs> like, Ham literally says, uh, uh, and they say, you know, uh, uh, Jabbath says drinking isn't a sin, like, them being drunk, them drinking is not a bad thing. And Noah says, no, but drinking to excess and living in drunkenness is. And Ham says, I'm with Shem. I've nearly had it. I bet the taste of steel would mend their ways. Like, you're just gonna kill people for doing bad stuff? Like, you can, you're gonna just run out of your house with a sword and start slashing people because they're bad? Uh, and Noah says, no, we can't do that. We mustn't stoop to their level. That would that would be a terrible thing. And they sing a song about that. Um, and then Noah says, all right, we, we forget, forget all this talk. I, I need to go take some stuff out to our shed or something. And as he goes out to the shed, who is in the shed but God himself just hanging out? Hey, Noah, what up? It's me, God, the creator of heaven and earth. And God is here, and he says, you know, you and your family, you're the only good people left. Um, I, I am here because uh, I have seen your faith in me, and, you know, I think you are a good a good man, and I think your family is good. Uh, and God says, mankind has become wicked and evil for many reasons because of things that happened before your time, referring to Cain. And Noah says, believe me, I'm well aware of that. Do you intend? And at this point, you know, Noah's, at first it's kind of, the conversation starts with God kind of, it's almost, it almost alludes to the fact that Noah thinks he's just a guy at first, but then God is like, hey, I'm God. Uh, and, uh, <laughs> then, uh, as they're having this conversation, you know, as I said, he, he says, uh, all these things, you know, man is wicked because of things that happened before your time. And Noah says, I'm a well aware. Do you intend to do anything about it? And God says, I intend to destroy it. And Noah says, he literally says, this is the line verbatim. He says, oh, wow. <laughs> wow. Right. Wow. Really? <laughs> the, the little the man and, you know, what was this freaking couple hundred years BC? The, the, oh, wow. That's that's quite something, God. Um, and then we have a reprise of the Given Unto You song. Uh, and God says, I am going to destroy mankind. I need you to build an ark. I will destroy mankind with a flood. Build this boat and your family will be saved and you can repopulate. Uh, and... Um, that's that's kind of that's kind of what happens there and and Noah's like okay I'll I'll build what and the, the, again the conversation is weirdly comedic where God says I need you to I, I need you to build an ark and Noah says an ark and God says a great big boat and Noah says a boat God says yes 
And Noah says, would you mind if I ask why? <laughs> God says, there's going to be a great flood that will wipe mankind away. And and Noah's like, what? Why? And God says, it's shocking, I understand. Like, yeah, I get it, dude. It, it's shocking. It, it's crazy. <laughs> it's absolutely crazy that I'm going to do that. <laughs> it's shocking. I get it. I understand. You, you can, like, it's cool. You can, you can have, you can have a minute to wig out about it. Uh, and then they, they have a song where they build the ark. And then by the time that song is over, the ark is just done. By the next scene, they have built the whole thing, this massive, massive boat. And, uh, you know, Noah says, We have labored long and hard for this boat, my children. And with the nailing of this final plank, I pronounce this ark complete. And, yay, it's done. And then Japheth says, Father, have you noticed something? And this is wild. This, this scene is absolutely insane. He says, have you noticed something? And Noah says, what? And Japheth says, this ark, it's, it's very big. Like, it's too big for all of us. And, and they're kind of noticing, like... And Noah says, we, we followed the plans to the letter. And... They're kind of noticing, damn, we're a family of, what, six people? Seven people? Eight people? I think, right? Because Noah, yeah, yeah, Ham, Sham, Japheth, and they, they're, they, yeah, so eight people. Um, And they're kind of noticing, you know, there's eight of us, but this ark is huge. It's gigantic. And then suddenly, out of nowhere, it says animal noises from below. And Noah says, what? What is that? And, and the family looks down from the ark to see hundreds of thousands of animals lined two by two waiting to get on the ark. Like, they didn't know that they were bringing on the animals. And and then, something even crazier happens, where it says, God appears behind Noah, for a moment time stops. And God says to Noah, and he literally says this, he says, There's one thing I may have forgotten to mention. What? You forgot to tell him he had to bring the animals on board? You, you're capable of doing that? Why do you keep forgetting stuff? You're God! <laughs> he's, he's just coming out, oh shoot! I, I, I told Noah to build this giant ark, and I totally forgot, I totally spaced on mentioning the part where, oh yeah, you, you need to bring every single animal, two of every single animal on board. Like, you just forgot? And what, and, and Noah's entire family built this giant ark, and at no point, they were like, you know, this seems a bit excessive if it's just the eight of us to, to build this giant ark. Like, I feel like we don't need this much space. Like, you thought it, you, you were just building this whole thing for yourself. Like, oh, man, cool. The plans God gave us really gave us a lot of, a, a lot of open space to hang around in. Uh, and then, you know, God is like, hey, uh, uh, you need to take on all the animals. And Noah's like, huh? Uh, and God hands him a list and says, make sure they're all accounted for. And then God leaves. And Noah's like, well, <laughs> I guess I, guess I got to do this. <laughs> I can't really argue with God. Uh, and then we have, kind of fun, we have a, a reprise of the naming of the animals song, which is fun, you know, it's, it's a different context, but it actually fits where they're, they're, they're taking, uh, they're, they're taking, uh, uh, inventory of all the animals. Uh, and after that, uh, they're like, oh, cool, we got all the animals on, on the boat, so when is this flood gonna happen? And then this manuscript ends on page 47 with, uh, you know, the family realizing that there are people laughing outside and there are people heckling uh, what they're doing. Uh, and, you know, that's where this ends, but uh, I, I don't I, I don't really have anything written about what I was going to do after this. I, I But, you know, it's the story of Noah. So, basically, it was going to end with, 
the, you know, th from here, th they were going to, there were going to be all these naysayers, these non-believers, and uh, they were going to say, oh, this is dumb, you can't do this, uh, God's not going to flood the earth, and then, you know, God floods the earth, and, uh, uh, and, and they're at sea for a while, and then the water drains, and, you know, they, they repopulate the earth, and that's the end. Um, so yeah, that's, that's the fall of man. Weird show. Not, not, not good, really. Not, not good at all. Um, I, I, I kind of went through all the scenes that I guess I would go through in more detail as we went, uh, these super weird comedic scenes that, that are weirdly comedic at times and then weirdly serious at others. And it's just, it's very imbalanced. So I guess I'll just jump right into what would I do differently? Um, for one thing, get rid of the pretentious stylization. I get I was going for something minimal that was ensemble-heavy that didn't require a lot of resources. That doesn't mean you need to make it, like, pretentious. Like, just do the... Do, just write the story. Um, so, something that I think is weird also is we have these three stories that we focus on, which is namely, you know, the creation story, Garden of Eden, Cain and Abel, and then Noah. I think it's interesting that the two stories leading up to this are about the characters within the story sinning, and then the third is about the characters within the story being the only non-sinners. I think that's weirdly imbalanced. So I think, um, while it can certainly end on Noah, I, I would focus more intensely on the themes of early sin. We're going over a lot of things, and this is another thing. We're, we're going over a lot of things that, you know, if you're, if you're kind of it's it, it everyone even even if you're not a practicing christian everyone kind of knows the story of the like the creation story so we're kind of going over stuff that doesn't really need to be there it's kind of just filler a lot of the time and it's not really contributing to the main points you know the sh the show is called the fall of man so focus way more on on and we do this for the most part but but even more so focusing on the themes of early sin and finding more compelling ways to tell the story and finding more compelling stories to tell because you know it, you can you can do the the adam and eve story of eve eating the apple you can do cain and abel uh something that i would add is you know between cain and abel and noah there was a lot of stuff that happened there there are stories in there that you can you can go over that that talk about sin and 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 illustrate sin where where the characters themselves are are committing acts of early sin within the bible that contributed to the earth becoming wicked as it is in noah so focusing on those stories uh would i think help to or bringing another one of those stories in i think would actually be really helpful um and, you know, I have even written here, you know, Adam, Eve, and Cain are all flawed and commit sins against God. Then we just skip to Noah and, you know, how good he was. And, you know, you need to cover those those sins leading up to that. Otherwise, it's kind of like, oh, that's that's kind of weird. And, and you know, we it's all about, oh, okay, okay, so there's the fall of man. And then after Noah, it's redeemed, which isn't really true because, you know, there, there are tons of stories of sin even in Noah's family after that. What was it? The, 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 the um... The curse of Ham? That that was like a thing where, where Ham... Something happens with Ham and, and Ham is cursed after this. I might be remembering that incorrectly. But, uh... Oh, also, the, the biggest thing. Don't make this a musical. This doesn't... This does not serve being a musical. Because there's no way that, um... You can do this without it basically just being Stephen Schwartz's 
Children of Eden. That's basically what this is. Um, so, and, you know, I do ask the question, you know, in my notes here, you know, why start with Eden and cap it Noah? Um, I think, I think focusing, you know, we have so many of these dialogue interchanges that are just not necessary. So many of these scenes are just needless filler. Conversations with Adam and Eve, where Adam re-explains everything that God explained, or God explaining the rules to Adam... Just open on, have have it start with, you know, Adam and Eve are already around and Eve is tempted by the serpent. And focus more on, on you know, get, get the story that we already know of Adam and Eve. Have it be there, sure. Have the original sin be there. But don't focus on it completely. Show it and show how it was the springboard to other things. That, you know, if you want to use Noah as the example of, okay the earth was wiped out with the flood and then we start fresh after that and man is has the opportunity for redemption sure that that works um you know you can you can kind of like pretend that all the stuff after that it, it, like you know it, it won't happen or something but you know it, sure that that makes sense to me um but you know don't have these weird interchanges get rid of all those interchanges and focus more on those sins don't have this conversation where adam is explaining to abel why it's okay to kill animals that doesn't need to be there you know because it doesn't serve any purpose when we it's not established like oh abel's a really good hunter and and cain isn't it's actually we see it's explained that abel had a good a good flock yield and cain didn't so we already have that there so that that other stuff isn't necessary so get rid of all of that and make more room to tell other stories you could probably fit like th three or four other short stories in here not three or four maybe like two or three at most if that um because you know you can tell i was trying to to expand and kind of stretch these out as as thinly as I could, if you get them down to the main points, you could do a couple more, and and it could be just a series of I guess vignettes of of stories of sin leading up to Noah. Sure, like that that works. Um, and you know, obviously, 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 don't make it a musical. And, and another thing, also just as important, choose a tone and stick with it. Definitely don't choose to make it artsy and and oh i'm a th you know we're doing this in the theater you know don't do that but but uh also don't i think that if you want to stick with something more comedic like you can do that but i feel like it just kind of it just kind of takes away from the point i think it, it kind of dulls the it, it it makes people not take it seriously which you know i guess if you want to go you could also just do it as a full-on comedy if you really wanted to but, you know, then you're kind of making fun of Bible stories, therefore making fun of religion, and I think it's safe to say that, you know, across the board, it's not really cool to make fun of anybody's religion. So, you know, uh, choose a tone and stick with it. If, if you're going to go with something that, that is is more serious, go with something more serious, and, and you know, have comedy that, if you're going to have moments of, of levity, have it be moments of levity that fit that tone, not not just, like, suddenly having these weird... Again, self-aware conversations, as we've seen in so many of these scripts, where it's, oh, suddenly someone becomes sentient, where Eve is like, it seems like I'm doing everything around here. Like, you know, weird kind of stuff like that. So yeah, pick his tone and stick with it. Don't do a musical. And and focus on, on more stories of sin that, that contribute to the idea of the world becoming wicked. And not just being like, okay, Eve ate the apple, Cain killed Abel, and then that just kind of caused things to go to hell on Earth. Um, yeah. So, 
yeah, that's that. That's kind of all that I can really think of. The I, I apologize. These episodes have been rather short because these scripts have been rather short. I'm going to try this this next uh, uh, episode to uh, do scripts that are completed so so that we can we can have more more time to really dive into the meat of these of these stories um this this one's so bad this we've talked about a couple in in like these the past couple episodes where it's kind of been like oh you know there's kind of like there's something to this story or something this one's terrible this one this one is just plain let it die i i I would and i say you know i i try to talk about what i would do differently in all these these episodes and these scripts truthfully this is just one of those that i just would not do i just would not i i would not want to do this anymore it's just so bad um so yeah that was the fall of man a really ridiculous weird kind of half musical and i say half musical because you know there there was no music really written there was just you know shoddy poorly written lyrics um but yeah that's that uh uh really unfortunate uh may it may it May it rot in the back of my computer as as Abel's body is now rotting in a field, I guess, after after that second story there. Um, so yeah, make sure to vote on the poll for next week's episode. This week, the choices are... The, oh gosh. The choices are Spider-Man and the League of Unspeakable Evil, which is the first script I ever wrote as like a, an 11, 12-year-old kid. And The Virtuoso's Nephew, uh, which is a show... Well, actually, no, that's not how I'm doing this. I, I guess I'm I, I'm only telling you the titles, and you have to kind of guess what they're about. I guess that's kind of the deal. So, yeah. Uh, those are the two choices. Go ahead and vote on that. Uh, and <laughs> thank you for joining me, and I will see you next week when I am hopefully talking about something that maybe, you know, doesn't characterize the, the omnipresent ruler of the universe as as kind of a, a jerk <laughs> to a degree so yeah thank you all for joining me and goodbye <laughs>